Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Well, today I want to uh, talk to you about makeovers, the ultimate makeover. So if you'll watch a video with me, we're going to watch some bean footage, right? Hi, I'm Sherry from Washington, D.C. area. First time in Minneapolis. I want to feel renewed. and I am so excited to be here. And since this is my 68th and great year, I'm wanting to celebrate. And it has been a year of feeling frazzled, fed up, fatigued, and I just want to walk out of the studio feeling fabulous, fun, and maybe a little sassy so. I have not had my hair done since, oh my gosh over a year ago, and so <laughs> um, it usually just lives like this, and um, it's just not really me. <laughs> this looking in the mirror and seeing my mom every morning, I go, hi mom, love you mom. <laughs> I'd like to say, hi Rita, hi, <laughs> I made it. I wanted magic, and magic is what I got. This is just fabulous. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Eugenia. I'm from New York. And even though I'm from New York, I made all this uh, trip to Minneapolis because I think this is the perfect place for me to experience this transformation. And uh, when I go back to New York, I would like to feel elegant, sophisticated, and interesting. Refreshed, ready to go, ready to take on the world, and this 
crap behind. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Locke. I'm Christopher's cousin. And I'm older than Christopher. But he just told me I look younger. So I just had my beautiful makeover. I feel light and breezy. New leaves on moving forward into my 60s. What do you think? Okay. Thank you, Steve. I love before and after. Uh, pictures and transformations. You know, these ladies wanted something more for themselves. They wanted to feel uplifted and empowered. Some of the words they used were renewed and transformed, ready to take on the world. Well, me too. I want that for myself. You know, deep within us, we all have that desire to be better than who we really are in the natural. We want to be better. We want to talk better. We want to think better. We want to appear better. We want to lead a better life. But you know, there are magazine ads and TV commercials, the internet shopping shows that we all go to that prove that we are spending gobs of money in the pursuit of perfection. Just for your information, $49.2 billion was spent on cosmetics last year. There was $16.5 billion spent on cosmetic surgery in 2018. Both cosmetics and surgery have a shelf life. I have been witness to women who have had facelifts, and yes, they look beautiful, but by the time they're 80, they look like they're 80. There's just something in the norm because you know what? We are in a state of decay. Things that are in the natural don't last forever. Only things in the spiritual last forever. So we all want to feel up, uplifted and empowered, transformed, renewed, like we can whip the world. Why would you want to look like that when you can look like that? Why would you want to be that when you can be that? Right? We want to move forward from the natural, from mediocre to meaningful, and from average to spectacular. And it can be done. Amen. Unfortunately, in the natural or temporal, our attempts at improvement will not last long. Just like grass, we wither and fade. If we want a permanent, lasting, and eternal upgrade, it must be done in and by the Holy Spirit. The secret to the perfect makeover is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God. And this is true for today as it was back in the first century when, when the church was, was newly born. One Bible personality that, that I can so relate to is Peter. Oh my gosh, he is a definite example of before and after. And so Peter was a fisherman. He was the very first apostle to follow Jesus. He looked like a fisherman. He wore fisherman's clothes, and really, he smelled like a fisherman. <laughs> the change in Simon Peter began when Jesus showed up on the shore of the Lake of Gennesaret, which is also called 
the Sea of Galilee. So let's read Luke 5, 11, 1 through 11. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of, had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put a little out from land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put on into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and looked and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything behind and followed him. So these men followed Jesus everywhere he went. They saw all the miracles. They saw all the healings, the deliverances, the salvations the profound teachings and the parables that Jesus performed. And they shared everything they owned with one another. And they were knitted together as brothers. They traveled as one unit. The Bible says that they traveled through villages and cities proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and to heal. So I can so relate to Peter. He had some flaws similar to my own. See, I wear a size 10 shoe, and I'm sure he wore a size 10 also, be, because uh, unfortunately, size 10s have a habit of being put into our mouth before thinking. <laughs> Peter was impetuous and stubborn, just like some of us. Now, at the Transfiguration, there was a dazzling display of Jesus and Moses and Elijah. The presence of God was visual, audible, and it was glorious. But all Peter could think of was, Lord, it's so good that we're here on this mountain because I think we should build tents for you all so you can stay here and sojourn and, and live right here. He didn't know what he was saying. He was in the presence of the Almighty God. They didn't need tents because they had their own dwelling place. And he was actually putting... Moses and Elijah on the same level as Jesus. No, they will never be on the same level as Jesus. Jesus is king. And so he didn't, Luke says, he didn't know what he was saying. Oh my gosh, am I guilty of that? I don't know what I'm saying. Right? Like I regret that I've stuck my foot in my mouth a couple of times. Like the time a young client came into the salon and she was very heavy with child and some time passed by and she came in and and I said, Oh my gosh, when are you when is your baby due? Mm -hmm. And she answered through clenched feet teeth, I already had her a month ago. Aww. It was so sad. Oops, how do you reel stuff like that back in? You don't. You can't. 
It's unfortunate. Peter was not a strong swimmer or good at walking on water. In Matthew 14, it says that there was a tempest on the, on the sea where the men were in their boat. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, truly, you are the Son of God. We could memorize that little prayer, little teeny three-word prayer, Lord, save me. In some ways, Lord, help me. And sometimes my prayer sounds like, Lord, save me from myself. Because I sometimes fail. In Luke 22, the disciples were arguing about which one of them were, were to be regarded as the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus answered, the one who serves. For he, Jesus, set the example as the one among you who serves. He then zeroes in on Peter and foretells of his upcoming denial. And Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. While praying great drops of blood and agonizing over what was to come, Jesus asked Peter and the two sons of Zebedee to remain with him and watch with him, pray with him, stay with him, and stay alert. Three times he found them sleeping, saying to Peter, he said, so you couldn't wait with me for one hour? Do you feel the disappointment? Oh, when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, Peter, in a brash move, drew a sword and cut off the right ear of the high priest's servant, Malchus. And Jesus said, no more of this. And he healed the man. In John 18.10, so Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given to me? And then the chief priests and the elders seized Jesus and took him away. But Peter's life, his world, as he knew it, was about to take a nosedive. He followed Jesus at a distance and joined others around him. 
and they were all huddled around the little fire to stay warm in the courtyard. A little servant girl noticed Peter and charged him with being with Jesus, and his reply, Woman, I do not know him. Someone else saw Peter and said, You are also one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And still another insisted, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked right in Peter's eyes. Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out, and he wept bitterly. Have you ever felt so grieved that you actually loathed yourself? You hated yourself? Said things you wish you could erase and, and be forgotten by everyone around you? Or acted in a way that you embarrassed yourself and all those who were with you? Have you ever betrayed someone who trusted you? Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> what we do and say is important. But who and whose we are is more important. And that's what makes the difference. We are forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he does not hold anything against you. So our main goal is to get in sync with Jesus and stay there. So while here on earth we remain flawed and imperfect, and yet God determined to make us into his, the temple of his Holy Spirit, we are now in the process of being continually perfected, not just a one-time thing, but it's continuously perfected and sanctified, empowered and uplifted beyond anything we could do on our own. The Spirit guides us into all truth. He only speaks what Jesus speaks and glorifies Jesus. And all this is for our asking. Well, hallelujah, that's not all the end, that's not the end of the story for Peter. It's not the end of the story for us. Jesus rose from the dead just like he said he would, and Peter and John were the first men to witness the empty tomb. And after the women found the tomb empty, they ran back to the disciples and told them, but they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. He also, also John ran with him. And because John was a little faster, he got there first. <laughs> but Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had just happened. Now, in Peter's favor, even though he failed Jesus miserably, he did not give up. He hung in there, and he waited things out. Somehow he knew that Jesus was not finished with him yet. On the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he resurrected, he spoke directly to Peter. He always wants to get things right between he and me, and me and thee. That's his goal, that we be in a right relationship with him and with each other. John 21, 
when they had finished breakfast, this is the resurrected Jesus. He hasn't been glorified to the right hand of God yet. He's eating. Finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Peter, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. And this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. <laughs> Peter denied Jesus three times. There's this continuous three times. Did Jesus turn his back on Peter? No. He's never finished with us. His mercies are new every morning, and he's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He gave Peter the chance to confirm and confess his love and allegiance for Jesus and fellow believers, the same number of times that he denied him. Acts 1.4 reads, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, and you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, in all, right to the very ends of the earth. And then Jesus was taken up into heaven. That was the ascension. Jesus was gone from sight, but he did not leave them or us alone. We can hang on every promise that Jesus gives, and he says, I'm not going to leave you. You can try to leave me, but I'm not going to leave you. The gift of the Holy Spirit had a radical effect on Peter and the other apostles. They were going to experience the ultimate makeover, befores and afters. Before, they were followers of Jesus, and after they received the Holy Spirit, they represented Jesus in all they said and all they did. They were doing wonders and miracles and signs, and it was incredible what they did in the name of Jesus. Before, they didn't understand about Jesus and his kingdom. But after they remembered his words and they understood now and they put those things into practice. They preached the gospel of the good news with boldness. Wherever they traveled, they increased and expanded God's kingdom and they turned their world upside down. I want to turn my world upside down. Do you? Before they were just a bunch of misfit men. And after, they were clothed 
were endued with power from on high, and Jesus gave them an upgrade, an overhaul. Jesus had given them the power to tread on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And in Jesus' name, they could heal the sick and raise the dead, just like Jesus did. Before, they were common folk. Sometimes, some people thought they were illiterates and drunkards. But after, people held them in high esteem wherever they went. People would carry their sick out into the streets that as Peter came by, at least his shadow would fall on them and they were healed. Peter went on to pen two books of Holy Scriptures dealing with warnings and encouragement for those people who were going to endure terrible persecutions. Before, Peter was content as a fisherman, and after the indwelling spirit of the Holy Spirit, he looked like Jesus, he smelled like Jesus, and he sounded like Jesus. And now Peter was a driven man to bring salvation to all who would believe. And he was uplifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead God's church. Peter became the key church leader. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead now resided inside of Peter, giving him qualities and traits that he did not have before, even the power and the mercy, the grace to face martyrdom. So the good news is, the same power that is inside you and me and in all believers today, that's the same power that Peter had. It's called resurrection power. And sometimes I wonder, which side of the cross am I on? Am, am I on the before or am I on the after? Am I living in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? I have to check on that every day because I want that power to do the things that Jesus has called me to do. Do the things, the things that you have been called to do by Jesus. Now you might think of yourself as a nut and honey, but God has made you over into a powerhouse for his plans and his purposes. He alone has taken us from death to life, and as the song goes, from graves to the garden. Oh, that glorious garden where Jesus arose and the tomb was empty and the world was changed. He makes known to me the paths of life, and in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's where we are seated. We're seated at the right hand, where pleasures are forevermore. We need to put into action what already exists within us. When you first came to Jesus, he planted that Holy Spirit right in you. And now let him grow. He enables you. He empowers you. He uplifts you. He gives you that Holy Spirit makeover. The filling of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be a continuous downpour. It's not a one and done. We leak. We're cracked pots. And so we need constant filling. We need more and more and more. 
of his Holy Spirit. And the Lord is asking, is waiting. He's waiting for you to ask him for more and more and more. So let's do that right now. You know what? Something that, that um, we used to be so uh, physical, and so I want you to hold out your hands like a cup. Some people hold out a thimble. Some people hold out a bathtub. Some people hold out a reservoir. Let's hold out our hands in, in, in hopes that God will fill us with his continuous resurrection power that we could turn our world upside down, just like the apostles, just like Peter. We don't want to remain before. We want to be the after. So, Lord God, I just praise you and thank you. We lift our hands to you for you to fill us up. Let it be a continuous downpour of your blessed Holy Spirit, guiding us, leading us, directing us, reminding us of everything that you've said, and, Lord, empowering us so that we can be all that you want us to be, who you've made us to be. And, Lord, we just thank you for this blessed gift. Help us to nurture and cherish and explore and give freedom to the Holy Spirit to reside in fullness right at the top within us. And we thank you for that, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.